Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking about some deep stuff here. We've been talking about the roots of brokenness. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, if you abide in my word, then you're truly my disciple and you'll know the truth. And the truth you know will set you free. We went all the way back to Genesis 3 and found out where this brokenness that we've all inherited by physical birth from Adam and Eve, where did it come from? We talked about the roots of pride, anger, shame, We talked about the mighty root of fear. We've been on a, this is our 12th, in a series on breaking the roots of internal bondage. But you know, there's been a link every every week, there's been a link to how it is that we began to to believe lies. We said that believing lies and beginning to live as if lies are true and actually telling ourselves lies or allowing lies to continue to have a place in our mind to be that place where we have issues and where brokenness gets in and stays in. We talked about our spiritual house. When you're born again, there's a new master in your spiritual house. The Holy Spirit of God comes to live in that living room of your very life called your heart, your spirit. But although the Holy Holy Spirit manifests the life of Jesus on the inside of you in the living room of your heart, in the control room, if you will, there are closets, there are little rooms, there are basements, there are rooms where there is something that is trying to keep the door closed to the master of the house. The Bible calls those strongholds, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And what a stronghold is, is a collection of thoughts that resist the truth. We all have them, but we're all on a journey of learning to allow the master of the house through the truth of his word to have full access to that house, that spiritual house, which is our spirit and our soul that's going to live forever. We talked about how lies creep in and we begin to believe them. We talked last time, last Sunday, we asked ourselves the question, what lies do we believe about God? What lies do we believe about ourselves? We asked ourselves the question, fill in the blank. If only I had blank, I would be okay. What was your answer to that? If only I had money help the right spouse, obeying, believing children, health. What was your fill in the blank there? If only I had, I would be okay. And if the answer is anything other than greater intimacy with the Lord, it was an inferior blank we just filled in. Because even if you had the blank, it'd be a different one tomorrow. Only an intimate walk with the Lord can supply all that you need 
to successfully navigate this life. We talked about how many of us believed lies about ourselves. We intellectually believe that God loved us because we've heard it over and over again, but we really don't think He likes us. And most of us believe that only if we're doing certain things that are spiritual does He like us. What a lie. Can I prove that to you from Scripture? What did Jesus say? If you have seen me, you have seen... That was weak. If you've seen me, you have seen... In fact, he said, I only say those things that I hear my Father saying, and I only do those things I see my... I only do those things I see my... So did Jesus stay in the synagogue all the time? You ever read where he barbecued some fish on the beach with the guys? Did you? Well, if you didn't, you hadn't read your New Testament. Did he go to wedding parties? Yes or no? Did he go to people's homes and did people love having him there? There'd be such crowds they couldn't even get in the door. They wanted to be around him. Not because he came to legislate and preach, but because his presence was so full of the love of God that it was an irresistible magnet. So you need to understand that it's not just when you're reading your Bible or when you're praying or when you're coming to church that God likes you. He likes you 24-7 because He's chosen you as a special treasure above all the peoples of the earth. I proved that to you from Deuteronomy chapter 7 last week. You remember it? You didn't forget that, did you? God says, I've made you a special treasure above all the peoples of the earth. You're my covenant people. Well, do you think he only treasures you when you're doing certain stuff that makes you feel like he likes it? Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, yes or no? Ephesians 1, 3 is very clear about that. Well, are you only righteous when you're sitting here? What about when you're washing some clothes? What about when you're cleaning some floors? What about when you get up and go to work, thank God for you? What about when you're running your business? What about when you're having a good time with somebody that you love right there in your family? Those are acts of righteousness. Those are acts of righteousness. God not only loves you, He likes you. You're a special treasure to Him. And it is this Religion based in the lies right out of hell itself that causes you to disconnect from how your Father loves you and likes you. And by the way, if you really believe He loved you but He didn't like you, what kind of Father is that? Some of you still got pain in your heart from feeling that way growing up. Thank God... For the truth of our loving Heavenly Father.
do you know that people will say, well, Pastor, if I really believed that, that would, be, that would mean I could just sin and do anything I pleased that gave me pleasure, and that would be okay. Now, see, the greater revelation you have about the love of God and how He loves you and treasures you, the more deterrent for sin that is. Sin's never okay. He cost Jesus murder on the cross. It's never okay. But it's because we don't have the revelation of our Father about how He is and about how we are in Him that we sin. In Hebrews chapter 3, we see something pretty incredible, beginning with verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, is the Holy Spirit what? See, some people don't think the Holy Spirit says anything today. <laughs> my, my. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you'll hear His voice, wait a minute, does the Holy Spirit have a voice? Huh? He speaks. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Now, what was that? That was when God delivered the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt where he did mighty, mighty miracles that caused the Egyptians to release them and let them go. Verse 9, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years, I was angry with that generation, and I said, they go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways, and I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Well, what was the problem? What grieved God so much? Look at verse 12. Beware, brothers. Everybody say, that's me. Beware, brothers, New Testament family members. And brethren here is not male. It, is, it, is a, it has to do with all of us in the body of Christ. Beware, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you, everybody say, in me, an evil heart of unbelief in departing. And that word depart means to drift away from the living God. This really stung me the other day when I read it for I don't know how many times. <clears throat> Everybody put your name in there. Beware Steve. All right, put your name in there. Beware Steve. Lest there be in any of you, in you, an evil heart of unbelief. God calls my failure to believe evil. So I've been praying lately, Holy Spirit, show me the, uh, every area where I don't really believe what you say is true. Because that's evil. Show me where I really don't believe that what you say is the truth. And notice what this unbelief does. It causes me to drift away from the living God. You know what that means? It, when, I, when I fail to believe, I begin to drift away from a living right here, right now God. And I begin, 
there begins to grow in me distance, and I begin to believe that it's up to me to figure it out, that He is only there if I call on Him, and I don't know how in the world I'm going to get through this, only if I make a mess. I don't live and walk and talk and stay in partnership with a living God because I don't really believe He's there and active and cares. Do you believe that your Father is with you when you wake up in the morning? Do you believe that He goes with you, before you, with you, and behind you? Do you believe He's in that business that you go to, in that home or that school to which you arrive? Do you believe that as you go about your hardest job in the world, being a mother or a grandmother, do you believe that He's already been ahead of you in the day and that He's right there with you? Do you believe it? Do you believe when you see those people who look to you as customers or clients or patients, do you believe that God is going to give you the wisdom and the discernment and the love and the care to help meet the needs that God has sent them to you for? Yes, it's over your head. It's supposed to be. We're all dependent. We're dependent. It's bigger than you. If you don't have anything in your life bigger than you, you ought to get out of the house more often. Got to learn to trust Him. Beware that there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 13, but encourage, exhort one another. Encourage, call people out, coach them up. Every day, daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin's very, very deceitful. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Today, if you hear his voice, there it is again, don't harden your heart. Are you listening to the voice of God? For who, having heard, rebelled? Was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses and with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness because of their unbelief? And watch this, verse 18. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The heart of all my brokenness, the heart of all yours, the heart of all of the bondage in the house of our inner man is unbelief. A refusal or a failure to believe God's promise. Somewhere the root of all of our brokenness is a failure to believe what He has said, who He is, what He can do. We have all these lies in our little minds that have to be exposed to the truth by the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. The example are those who've gone before us. Do you remember when they were miraculously delivered out of Egypt? What did they have? They had served for 430 years in Egypt. 430 years. 
they had been under Egypt's grip. But do you know, when they left Egypt, do you know what they had? Turn back to the second book of the Bible with me to Exodus. I want to show you something. Exodus chapter 12. Now remember, God is telling us about the failure to believe from these people. Don't forget that. Chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked, this is right before they made their exit, they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. God had given His people such favor that not only did they say, we want to leave, the Egyptians said, go ahead and take this with you. Want some silver? How about some gold? Want some of our fine clothing? Take it with you. Just go. So you see, it wasn't a lack of money that caused them to disbelieve. They were loaded, man. Egypt was the wealthiest nation of the earth, and they loaded them up. Y'all just go. So if you think money is going to solve all your problems, it won't last very long because sooner or later you're going to hit something that money won't solve. Amen? Do you know that the Bible is very clear that the testimony of Scripture was, I am the Lord who healeth thee. There shall be no sickness nor disease that shall have any part in you. They were healed. They were loaded with money. They were healed. They were granted favor. Do you know that God says when you meet another tribe that's going to come against you, I will go before you and I'll take them out on your behalf. They were protected. Hmm. They had all these incredible promises. Now turn with me to Numbers. Fourth book of your Old Testament, Numbers. I want us to see how they did with that. By the way, God is certainly not against money. He wants you to have money. He just don't want money to have you. Amen. Amen. Numbers, At the, what we're going to find out, we're looking for roots here. How did they miss it? How did they have to wander around in the wilderness? So after they'd been delivered and they had all these mighty things God had given them, mighty things, Their faith was put to the test because God said, this is wonderful, this is good, but I want you to go into my best. 
And my best is what I promised my man Abraham, and I'll never forget my promises. I want you to live in my highest and best, and it's a land that is called Canaan. And right now, in this highest and best that I have for you, there are some ites over there. There's some Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, Canaanites. There are all kind of ites over there. But be of good cheer. I got it. This is your land. I will go before you. I'll drive them out. But I'm not going to do it while you sit over here and wait till all you see is dead bodies over there. You're going to have to go out there and face it. How many of you know that you've got some ites in your land? There's some ites in your land in, in your marriage. There's some ites in your land of your financial prosperity in your business. There's some ites in that physical body of weakness and pain. That, there's some ites over there. You, can, you know exactly what kind of ites there are. But I want you to know your father says today, there is a land of my highest and best. You are not going to be able to get through it by just waiting on me to do something. You've got to go over there and face it. You're going to have to watch. You can't just pull the covers over your head and hope it gets better. You're going to have to face it. You're going to have to see how ugly and how incredibly overpowering it looks like. And you're going to have to make a decision. Your faith is going to have to be put to the test. And it's not going to look good. But I've got a place a season that is highest and best for you. And if you will face these ites and believe me, regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it feels, if you will just believe me and take the next right step, I will go before you. I will deliver this land into your hands. So they were on the verge of the promised land. Moses, their leader, sent out spies, 12 of them, to, take, to check out the land. And I want you to know here, in, as we look, when they departed, they came back. And they brought back word to all the congregation, verse 26, chapter 13 of Numbers. Showed them fruit of the land. The grapes were so big, they had to, they had to bring a cluster between a pole between two men carrying it. They said, verse 27, we went to see the land. It truly does flow with good and, uh, milk and honey. This is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in it are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Can I ask you a question? What is it that you're saying is keeping you from having God's highest and best? What is it? What is your right? What is it that you're saying that you, that's keeping you? What's too big for you? What's the giants? What's the descendants of Anak? What is it? Is it the economy? Is it your children? Is it, is it uh, an enemy? Is it somebody who's come against you? It is it a threat? Is it lack, disease, broken marriage? What is it? What is it that's got you intimidated and what is it that's keeping you from taking the next step of going on into God's highest and best what is it they came back and gave 
all of Israel, including its spiritual leaders, all the reasons why they couldn't have what God promised. Caleb and Joshua told all the people, let us go up at once and take position where, possession where well able. Oh God, give us greater, greater spirits of Caleb in this church. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go against the people. They are, our, they are stronger than we are. They got all the resources. They, they just got more than we have. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. And they said, the land we went through, it, it, it's, it's a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people. They're, they're such crooks over there and they're so well armored. And by the way, we saw the descendants of Anak. Remember Goliath, who David slew, he was over nine feet tall. That was part of his genetic race over there, the descendants of Anak. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And watch this. Here was their self-image. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. They're these massive giants and we're these little grasshoppers ready to be crushed. When you look at your circumstances today, do you feel like a grasshopper? Do you feel like the giants are about to crush you? It looks that way and feels that way, does it not, sometimes, to all of us. So verse chapter 14, verse 1, here's what all the people, when they heard that report, they, they lifted up their voices and they cried out and wept all night. In verse 2, the children of Israel commanded, complained against Moses and Aaron, complained against those spiritual leaders who had led them to this point. And all Moses and Aaron were doing was following the Lord. And here's what they said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in this wilderness. What giants are you facing today that makes you say, I wish I wasn't even alive anymore I wish I didn't have to go on anymore you got some giants like that I'll bet the longer you live if you hadn't yet you will amen if only we had died in this wilderness why notice verse 3 here's their view of the Lord why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Why does the Lord want my family to be destroyed? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? If we go back to Egypt at least even though we'll be slaves, we'll still be alive. We'll still have something to eat. They'll take care of us. That entitlement mentality, they'll take care of us. Why would we want to be out here in this situation? So here's a question for you. And notice they 
decided they'd, they'd have a vote, select a leader, and go back to Egypt. They wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness, and all of that first generation of those unbelievers died without seeing the land of Canaan, God's highest and best, that he had promised Abraham to give his people forever. What is your view of God? Have you gotten into a place of such pain and such incredible circumstances that somehow you're beginning to believe that God is going to deliver you over to those who have held you bondage to see the demise of you or your family? Do you believe that that business God has given you and called you and given you is difficult and impossible as it seems do you believe that it's over do you believe that God wants to see the destruction of that which he gave you do you really believe that what, what do you believe about God this mighty God who had delivered them and blessed them and healed them and guided them and protected them now they're saying it's over. Can I ask you to do one thing? Would you just take a little bit and remember all the times that he has delivered you? Would you just stop just a minute and think about all the blessings he has given you, all the times that he has intervened, all the times that he has answered your prayers, all the times that he has given you good gifts, all the times that more than you can even imagine, your God has come through for you. Don't even think about saying, He is wanting my demise now. Think about where He's brought you. Give it some thought. And give Him praise for it. And then go back and ask yourself, how did I develop a grasshopper mentality? It began by me believing lies about God. He doesn't want the best for me. He wants my demise. He's leading me back into Egypt. I'm going back to the old ways. I'm going to be destroyed. Of course you're going to see yourself as a victim then. God says in him, there's nothing you can't overcome. But if you take your eyes and forget who he is and where he's come, then you're going to develop this victim mentality that is going to make you feel like all you're good for is to be crushed under a giant's foot. And I want to tell you something. Your father has already figured out how he's going to defeat the sons of Anak. I don't care how big those giants are. I don't care how wealthy they are. I don't care how much influence they have. You are his child. He has given you precious and magnificent promises. And regardless of the way it looks and feels, regardless of what the decisions of man look like, you've got a God who is at work for you to bring about his own glory. You don't have to be a grasshopper. Rise up and say, in the name of Jesus. I declare that my God is my king. Regardless of the way it looks and feels to me today, I know I'm loved. I'm even liked. I'm a special treasure. I believe it is God who is at work 
on my behalf, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I believe that I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. That nothing, I'm satisfied, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. I am not defined by the markets and the giants of this world. I'm a citizen of a kingdom. who has a king who meets all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So the lie, the lie about God always leads to the lie about you. You believe lies about you when you believe lies about him. So join me on the journey. Asking the Lord, the Spirit of truth, show me those areas in my own thinking where I don't believe the truth about you or about me. I'll repent. I'll lay hold of the truth. I don't care what it looks like or feels. I will lay hold of it. Can that be a difficult and painful journey? You bet. You bet. But I want to tell you, even though 40 years of suffering through that unbelief, God raised up a generation of believers. God raised up a generation of believers led by Joshua and Caleb, men of faith, and even though they were, Caleb was in his 80s before he saw the land, but he saw the land. He lived in the land and took dominion over property that was given him after all of that. Here's what I want to say to all of you who are older. Don't you dare give up on God of your fathers. He is raising up a generation of young people, and they are going to be mighty in this country mighty in this world, mighty in this church. God has got his hands on young people today. It is going to be better than we've ever seen it. This country is not going to hell in a handbasket. God has got, he's raising up some young people who are people of boldness and faith and courage. It is going to be good. You keep on praying. You keep on believing and invest your life Look, you're 60 years old and you're not investing your life in younger people. Shame. You better get right now. Our future is among us. And it's going to be good. Young men and young women, it is encouraging and exciting. God is doing something mighty in the earth. And we're part of it. Father, show us our disbelief. Show us where we fail to believe. Spirit of truth, bear witness in me. And show me, O oh God, and grant me the grace to lay hold of that which belongs to you. How do you get that, Pastor? Only one way. The answer to how you get that is the answer to how we believe lies 
we drifted away from intimacy with the Lord. The way you begin to walk back is to renew intimacy with the Lord in your own personal worship. The input of His Word in your life. That wonderful thing that He enjoys, He enjoys your prayers. Do you know that? That's you and Him. That's intimate time. That worship, that prayer. that exposure to His Word. It's called humbling yourself. You know what He says? If you'll humble yourself, I'll exalt you. If you exalt yourself, I'm going to have to resist you. Why? Because you're going to self-destruct and not even know it. So I'm going to have to resist you. Would you just take just a moment at the end of this service and say, Lord, reveal to me those lies that I've been believing. We know that pride and shame and anger and fear come. But it also can stop us from going forward and taking hold of God's highest and best. Lord, as individuals and as a church family, we want to go on. We want to take the next right step. We believe you're raising up mighty champions. We pray believing that you'll reveal to us what it is that you are desiring to say to us as our Father. Thank you that you have said that we're a special treasure to you. Give us greater revelation of that, Lord, and may we not only receive that, but walk in it to be salt and light to those you place us into their lives. Forgive us for that grasshopper mentality, God, that has forgotten your faithfulness, that has forgotten all you brought us through that has forgotten the way you've taken care of us and loved us and healed us and blessed us and forgive us for forgetting. Renew our strength, our hope. God, forgive us for our unbelief. We pray in the name of Jesus. I want you to know, church, I love you and pray for you daily. I thank you so much for your prayers. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday as we celebrate Thanksgiving. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.